Good evening. Tonight's message is called Appointed Afflictions. Last week in our study, we looked at verses 1 and 2 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, and we focused on the words establish you and comfort you, where we saw that Timothy was sent back to Thessalonica to preach the gospel to the saints there, to the young church that had been established at Thessalonica. And we looked at how the only way a believer in Christ is comforted and established in the faith is by the preaching of the gospel. Now, in our past studies, we have seen that the Thessalonian believers to whom Paul writes to have been going through afflictions. And these afflictions we see in chapter 2 and verse 14. Let's turn there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 14. For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews. So we see clearly in verse 14 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 that the church at Thessalonica, the saints at Thessalonica, had suffered at the hands of their own countrymen, just like the churches in Judea suffered at the hands of the Jews. In chapter 1, this is brought forth as well. Look at, turn over there quickly. 1 Thessalonians, we'll read verses 5 and 6. Paul tells the Thessalonians that, Our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost. This speaks of the power of God, the Holy Spirit, when he comes in regenerating power and makes the word of God effectual in the believer. We're born again by the Holy Spirit of God, and we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We're granted faith to believe on Christ, and we're granted repentance before God. And then it says, In much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. So we see then that these believers at Thessalonica, these believers who belong to a young church, they're under severe affliction. We saw in verse 14 again of chapter 2 that these afflictions and trials that they were going through came at the hands of their own countrymen. And some who have afflicted them may have been dear friends. Some who afflicted them may have been loved family members. And some who afflicted them may have been their own children. And they afflicted them, they afflicted the Thessalonian believers for their faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Remember, over in chapter 1, turn there if you will, over in chapter 1, the scriptures declare to us that by the power and might of God the Holy Spirit, that these Thessalonian believers, these Gentile believers, had turned from idols to worship and serve the true and living God. And now they waited for the return of Christ. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols, to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. So we see there in chapter 1, verse 9, that these Gentile believers had turned to God from idols, They used to be idol worshipers. They served these idols, these dead idols. They worshiped these dead idols. But now, now they serve the true and living God, Jehovah. 
Elohim. And they wait for his son, the Lord Jesus Christ from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. We know he raised Christ. God the Father raised Christ from the dead for the justification of his people. And look who delivered us from the wrath to come. The Lord Jesus Christ, he's delivered his people from the wrath to come because the wrath that was that was for us and deserved us fell upon Christ in our place. The sinless substitute dies for sinners. Now tonight, we will see how that Paul brings up that these afflictions that these Thessalonian believers are going through, that they're all appointed by our great God. And how much, how much this can bring peace to the believer from this precious truth, from this precious truth that we'll look at tonight. Because we who are believers now in this time can look and see that the afflictions and the trials that we go through are all appointed by God for his glory and for our good. Now, I'd like us to keep in mind as we study how these afflictions are appointed for the people of God by our great God. I'd like us to keep in mind that the only sorrow and pain, the only heartache that we will face is on this earth. The only afflictions that we will face is on this earth. This world beloved of God is a veil of tears and trouble, but in glory, in the presence of the King is everlasting joy. Listen to what the scriptures declare of God's people in glory, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crying neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away these afflictions are only for a season beloved these trials that we go through are only for a season they will pass away when we go home to be with the lord there shall be no more sorrow no more death no more crying no more pain no more afflictions they're all passed away praise be to god now with that in our minds let's read our text tonight first thessalonians chapter 3 verses 1 to 5 and our text for tonight will be in verse 3 but i want to read this in context Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone. They, the forbear there is they, they couldn't stand, not knowing how the saints at Thessalonica were doing. They just couldn't stand it anymore. They, they needed to know. And look what they did in verse 2. And sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. Again, we looked at the only way for the believer to be established and comforted in our faith is through the preaching of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's our verse for tonight, that no man should be moved by these afflictions for yourselves. Know that we are appointed thereunto. For verily, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, even as it came to pass, and you know. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you, and our labor be in vain. So we see a great truth brought forth here before the Thessalonian believers, which should comfort all of God's people through all the ages. Paul is writing the Thessalonian believers, and he tells them in verse 3 that all the afflictions that they are going through are appointed by God. Let's read that verse again. 
1 Thessalonians 3, 3, that no man should be moved by these afflictions, for yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. So never forget that the believer in Christ is being conformed to the image of the Son while we are here on this earth. And this all comes about by the power and might of God the Holy Spirit. And this occurs as we go through various trials and afflictions in this world. Remember that message, stones made ready? In this world, we're being chipped away. We're being conformed. We're being made into that which the Lord wants us to be made into, the image of the Son. Let's look at verse 3 again. And we'll be looking at this verse tonight. And we'll see that God keeps his people through afflictions, which he appoints us to go through. First Thessalonians 3, 3, that no man should be moved by these afflictions for yourselves. Know that we are appointed thereunto. Now, Paul is concerned about the young saints at Thessalonica. He knows how the enemy of our souls works. And this is evidently brought forth in verse 5 of this chapter. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you, and our labor be in vain. He knows that Satan wants to destroy the church. He knows that Satan wants to wreak havoc amongst believers. And Paul's well aware of the enemy's devices and techniques, and he sends to know of the saints' faith at Thessalonica lest by some means the tempter have tempted you and our labor be in vain. Now in verse 3, there are three words that I'd like us to look at tonight. And we will look at the Greek definition and where these words are used in other portions of scriptures to give us a better understanding of what is being brought out in this amazing verse. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3, that no man should be moved by these afflictions, for yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. The first word I'd like us to consider in verse 3 is the word moved. In the Greek, this means to wag, to move to and fro as dogs and other animals wag their tails in friendliness. In the New Testament, it's figuratively to move in mind, to disturb, to be shaken. Now, we've all seen a dog's tail wag. It goes back and forth when they're happy, sometimes at a rapid rate. So Paul desires that the believers at Thessalonica would not be moved back and forth, side to side, like a dog wagging its tail. Now, we can all picture that in our minds, can't we? And this is why Paul, again, by the will and purpose of God, sends Timothy to establish and comfort the believers in Christ. How? By the preaching of the gospel, so that they will not be moved back and forth in these afflictions that they are facing, so that they will not be moved to and fro like a dog wagging its tail. Now, this is the only place in the scriptures where this Greek word is used. We do have some verses in the scripture that bring out this same thought and this same theme. Here are some to write down. Numbers 21 verse 4. And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. They were discouraged because of the way they were going. And note in Numbers 21, 4 there, the people were much discouraged. And this is right before the Lord had Moses hold up the serpent in the wilderness. And all who looked to it and lived, and all who, who did not perished. 
What a picture, again, we have of the Lord Jesus Christ dying on the cross. In Psalm 112, verses 5 to 7, the scripture declares a good man, and we know that a man is only declared good in Christ, because there's none good, no, not one. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. In Psalm 112, verse 6, the word there, moved. The Hebrew word for moved there carries the same idea as the Greek does, the Greek word for our text. In the text here in Psalm 112, verse 6 in Hebrew, it's defined as a wavering wobbling action, a response or condition in various situations. So very similar to the dog's tail being wagged during afflictions. The truth of some who were not believers being moved despite their profession is brought forth in the stony ground hearers in the New Testament. Now they had heard, they made a profession, but they hadn't heard. They hadn't really heard with an effectual call. In Mark chapter 4 brings this forth again. It says in verses 16 to 17. In Mark chapter 4. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so do endure but for a time. Afterward when affliction or persecution arises for the world's sake immediately they are offended. So they have no root and they're moved and swayed in afflictions. This is what Paul is talking about. He's talking about, he's hoping that they weren't stony ground hearers. That's what he was hoping. Now the next word I'd like us to consider in our text is the word afflictions. Let's go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3. That no man should be moved by these afflictions. For yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. Now, the Greek word for afflictions in our text is defined as to crush, press, compress, squeeze, to break. Now, think of this. You who are a child of God, if it was not for our great God sustaining and keeping grace, our trials and our afflictions would crush us. They would break us. But praise be to God. He is ever with his people. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Even when others do, others may walk away from us, but he will never ever do that. And God's born again, blood-washed people suffer all kinds of persecution and all kinds of afflictions and trials, absolutely none of them which are easy to endure. Not one affliction, not one trial, not one case of persecution for our faith is easy to endure. Most of us have never suffered physical abuse for our faith in Christ. But that does not mean that our enemies haven't had the desire to kill us. Most of us, if not all, have suffered either verbal abuse or the obvious hatred for us, some at the hands of family members and some at the hands of religious people, or some at the hands of both family members and religious people. Now remember, they cannot get at God whom they hate, so they persecute God's people. And the fact of the ugly disbelief which they have for God, some we have seen on the faces of our friends, relatives, and people we work with. We have witnessed the truth that God's people will face afflictions. So not only will we go through afflictions for who we believe, Christ, but also for what we believe. 
Now, this same Greek word is translated tribulation 18 times in the New Testament, affliction 11 times, six times tribulations, three times trouble, three times afflicted, once anguish, once burdened, and once persecution. So we see then that this word, this Greek word, covers all situations which arise in trials and afflictions. Here are a few times this word is used in the New Testament. And here are words from the Master where this word is used. John chapter 16, verse 33. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. Same Greek word as afflictions. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. John 16, verse 33. And then in Acts 14, 22, the scripture declares, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith that we must, through much tribulation, same Greek word as afflictions, enter into the kingdom of God. Then in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, same word, same word there, same Greek word, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Now, the scripture there in 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, For our light affliction. Our afflictions do not seem light, do they? They don't. They don't seem light. They seem heavy. They weigh us down. But in light of what our Lord suffered for us, in light of, of what he suffered dying in our room and place, in the room and place of his people, in his life and in his death, in light of that, what we go through are light afflictions, beloved. And remember that our afflictions are only well we're on this earth. Once we breathe our last breath and we're in the presence of the Lord, we will not have any more afflictions. Scripture says that in 2 Corinthians 4.18. It says, Well, we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. It's all going to perish. Everything we see. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Lastly, consider the words of the Master in John 16, 21 and 22, where he says, A woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow, because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for the joy that a man is born into the world. And listen to this. And ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. Oh, when we see the Lord in glory, beloved, when we see the Lord in glory, all these trials and tribulations which we go through will be finished. There be no more sorrow, no more tears, no more heartache, and our hearts will rejoice to be in the presence of the Lord. And no man will be able to take that joy away from us. This is a promise from the Master, beloved of God. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Listen to this verse again. John 16, 22, And ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. Praise be to God. Now Paul, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, has bought these truths before us. And this verse has one other gem within it. And Paul's going to bring forth a great truth with the next word, which we will look at, which is the word appointed. Let's read 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3 again. That no man should be moved by these afflictions, for yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. 
Now, the Greek word for appointed here in our text is defined as to lie outstretched, literally or figuratively, to be appointed, laid up, made, set. As I mentioned this weekend in Sunday's message, as I mentioned this week in Sunday's message, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Now, one is only good in Christ Jesus our Lord. And we are told in the scriptures that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. As one commentator brought forth, our steps are chalked out for us. And we see here that our afflictions, which we go through in this world, are also appointed for us. Here are some verses in which this Greek word is used for appointed. Remember Simeon in the temple? The Lord told him that he would live to see the Messiah. He uses the same Greek word in his statement about Christ. Luke chapter 2. Let's turn there. Luke chapter 2. We'll look at verses 29 to 35. Starting in Luke chapter 2 verse 29. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. His eyes have seen the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles in the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary, Behold, this child is set. Now that, that word there, set, is the same Greek word for appointed. Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And then over in Philippians, turn if you would to Philippians chapter 1. This word is again translated set. Same Greek word for appointed is used. Philippians chapter 1, verses 15 to 17. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely supposing to add afflictions to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set, same word, same word for appointed, for the defense of the gospel. Now there's one more place where I'd like us to look where this Greek word is used. And over in this verse, it's it's the word made, but it's the same underlying Greek word that's used for appointed in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. Knowing this, that the law is not made, pointed in our text, the same Greek word. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for manstealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God which committed to my trust. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, put me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it in unbelief. So we clearly see then that the persecution for Christ's sake that the Thessalonian believers are going through is for the furtherance of the gospel. And it has all been appointed by Jehovah 
himself. Therefore, persecution for our faith in Christ should not take us by surprise, and it should not cause us to be moved by the afflictions, which we know now from studying this text have been appointed by God, for we who are the people of God. These afflictions that Paul and Silas and Timothy faced, they endured it for the sake of the gospel. And they preached the gospel wherever they went, no matter what affliction came their way. And you know it was the same for the believers at Thessalonica? Well, how do we know that? Turn, if you would, to chapter 1. Chapter 1 of this wonderful little book, 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And look at verses 5 to 7 here. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. As you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction. Look at that. With joy of the Holy Ghost, so that you were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. Now look at verse 8. Look at verse 8, beloved of God, and marvel at what is said here. We see why our brothers and sisters in Thessalonica were persecuted. We see the reason brought forth here. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God word is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. They went before them, and they went before them, and they proclaimed the gospel of God's salvation in and through Christ alone. They proclaimed the Lord Jesus Christ, beloved, as the one thing needful to sinners. Now in our day and age, how little are the wonderful truths and doctrines of the scriptures proclaimed. There's so little understanding of the perfect sin atoning sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ in the room and place of his sinners that it is a perfect, complete work. It's done. When Christ cried, it's finished. The work of salvation is finished. The general theme of our times is the softened doctrine, these great doctrines which are not pleasant for others to hear, such as the truce of God's electing grace, the total depravity of man, and the fact that Christ died for his sheep and not everyone in this world. These precious truths are tossed aside for man-made, sinner-exalting, damnable doctrines. So let the sent preacher of God send forth the wondrous truths and hold forth the word of life, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let we who preach the gospel hold forth amidst afflictions and persecution for what we believe. Let us hold forth the electing grace of God in choosing sinners to save some sinners, holy by and in Christ Jesus alone. Let we who preach the gospel hold forth amidst afflictions and persecution the fact of Holy Spirit regeneration. Ye must be born again. Let we who preach the gospel hold forth amidst afflictions and persecutions the everlasting safety of the church, the final perseverance of the Lord's redeemed ones. And let we who preach the gospel hold forth amidst afflictions and persecutions the fact of the perfect redeeming work of the Lord Jesus Christ who has saved his people from their sins and is now seated at the right hand of the Father having obtained eternal redemption for them all according to his divine will and according to his appointments. Oh my, it's appointed by God that Christ would come and save his people from their sins. 
afflictions. So we have seen tonight that Paul being concerned that these afflictions that the Thessalonians are going through might trouble their minds or shake their faith or move them from the hope of the gospel. He, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, brings forth this God-honoring truth that the afflictions that they are going through have all been planned and purposed by our great sovereign God. Now, how, how much comfort can that bring we who are the people of God right now? To know that all that we go through in this world, the afflictions that we go through, the trials that we go through, the heartache that we go through has all been planned and purposed by our great sovereign God. Now, Paul, Paul was an old soldier of Christ. He was used to hardness and afflictions. So he writes to these young converts who are not used to such things and therefore might stagger and be offended at these afflictions like the stony ground here, as he writes to them, oh, the whole fast in Christ, to know that these afflictions are appointed by God and that they are the only afflictions that you're going to face are the afflictions you face while you are here on this earth. And beloved of God, we see Paul's concern for the saints at Thessalonica, that no one among them might be unhinged or moved by these afflictions or succumb to the tempter under them, that their labor might be in vain. So now let's bring this truth home for every born-again, blood-washed believer. Let's bring this truth right home for us. All the afflictions, all the heartaches, all our pain, all our sorrow, all our tears are all appointed by our great sovereign God. And remember what the scripture declares. A bruised reed shall he not break. He will not break us. He will not break us. And a smoking flax shall he not quench. No, he won't. He won't quench us. He won't quench us. And that is to we who are the people of God. He will not break us and he will not snuff us out. And remember that these afflictions are for God's glory and for our good. And what do they do? One dear sister in Christ here at Almont once told me that these, she believed that these afflictions that we go through, and this is true, that these afflictions that we go through, these trials and tribulations, they make us homesick for heaven. Do they not? Do they not make us homesick for heaven, and knowing that these trials and afflictions are appointed of God, she also said that she believed that these were used to wean us from this world. Oh, what a great truth. What a great truth. Are these afflictions that we go through, these trials that we go through, are all appointed by God to wean us from this world. Oh, what a blessed thought that one day we'll be in the presence of God with no sin, no sorrow, no heartache, no tears, no trials, no tribulations, no afflictions at all. And what a glorious, glorious day that'll be. To God be the glory. Amen and amen.